Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Beck with Behind the Warrior podcast. Today, I am speaking with Crystal Varangia Bushnell. She is the vice president of a nonprofit organization called 22 Until None. Crystal, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And just to get started, I'll just say that 22 Until None is actually focused on ending suicide one step at a time. And our conversation with Crystal today, she is going to explain the mission and and the history and all those great things. But Crystal, first, tell us where you're from. Well, I'm from Southern California. Originally, um, I'm from a veteran and first responder family. Um, I am not a veteran myself. I was a civilian worker for the DOD on a Marine Corps base. And my husband is a Marine Corps veteran. And so that's me. My, uh, my partner and I started this organization um, November 2014. And we've been at this ever since. All right. Fantastic. Um, So, as you stated, um, the organization was founded in 2014. So, tell our listeners the background of 22 Until None. Um, For instance, what what is the mission of your organization? So, we were born, in quotes, uh, Veterans Day 2014 when my partner wanted to uh, create an organization because he had discovered that he was losing more of his Marines that he served with to suicide than they did in combat. And at the time, um, the awareness factor of veteran suicide wasn't really as prevalent as it was today. Mm -hmm. Um, The first reports had just come out that we were losing 22 veterans a day on average to suicide. And we wanted to create an organization that was more network-based and um, a lot different than the older established organizations like the VFW and the American Legion and Wounded Warrior Project, which are all very big names and they all have their own mission, but we wanted something Um, smaller, lighter, more maneuverable, that actually was more one-on-one oriented. Okay. All right. Well, how did you become involved? Um, I had been doing crisis intervention for another nonprofit called Battle and Distress, who is still one of our resource partners. And that is how I met my partner, Derek, um, through mutual friends And when he had this idea, he just said, you want to come on board? And I had been wanting to do something that was more preventative in nature rather than only um, getting to speak to the veteran when they're actually in the crisis. Mm -hmm. So it worked out perfectly for me. I just moved from that nonprofit over to this one and we built it from the ground up. Fantastic. Um, well, I know that you have an all-volunteer staff, and that, that is correct. 
Yeah, each person does have a connection to the military, whether they serve themselves or or they have a family member that serves. So I would imagine that makes for a very um, robust environment um, and staff for sure. <laughs> Actually, I am the only civilian. Everybody else on staff is a veteran. Is that right? Wow. That is correct. And we have staff members that most, all of our board, except for me, are Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, On our other daily staff um, for the page, we have two Navy veterans. We have um, an active Air National Guard um, staff member. We have a staff member that was British Light Infantry that helps us with our Allied Forces project. And we also have an Army veteran who is, um, he assists with page staff, but he's also the assistant program manager. Very cool. Very cool. And all volunteers, correct? Correct. We are 100% volunteer. That's pretty amazing. Um, Well, I know that the conversation around suicide intervention and awareness and prevention, it, it just continues. And as you stated, in 2014, it wasn't necessarily a dinner table conversation. You know, it, it seems like that's what it's become. It's it's just a subject that everybody is talking about, and it is getting much more attention. Um what type of programs does 22 Until None offer to veterans that may be struggling? We have a couple of different programs. Um, we try and start with a chapter program, and which is our main peer support network mm-hmm. that is location-based. We have, I want to say, 11 different state chapters um, where we organize get-togethers, we have meetups um, to bring veterans together face-to-face rather than just being behind a phone or a computer screen all the time because it being in person is a lot different and more impactful to somebody who is struggling. Uh, We also have a non-location-based social media peer support group called The Keepers that has almost 4,000 people in it. And that group does our heavy lifting when it comes to having a safe place to um, talk about things that are really bothering you, um, traumas that that somebody experienced while they were in service, um, asking questions about benefits or where can I get this or has anybody ever heard of this and, you know, sharing jokes and busting each other's chops like they all did when they were serving. And we've had people generate a lot of really good friendships out of that group. And that is exactly its purpose. Mm-hmm. So those are the two main ones. Um For other assistance, we also do emergency financial assistance for veterans. We have a Christmas assistance program, which is actually the application period for that is going on right now. Um, That is for veterans with a disability, a rated disability from the VA with minor children in the house that we assist them with Christmas presents. And this year, our goal is to help 35 families with each of them getting $1,000 in gifts for Christmas. Um, We also have a wellness program um, because we want veterans to be able to try 
different uh, wellness therapies that aren't necessarily what you would call standard. Um, so not really talk therapy. We want them to try art therapy, expressing those feelings through art or writing or music. If you want to take a music class or trying a float tank for your anxiety, or maybe you want to take um, maybe a veteran who is a victim of military sexual trauma would like to try a self-defense class to help to help that veteran feel more in control and safer with themselves. Uh, we also have an allied forces project where we are gathering resources for veterans of allied countries that we have served with. So UK vets, Irish vets, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada are our main uh, groups for that one. Mm -hmm. So nice. those are our, that's our major. <laughs> oh, and then we have Task Force Field Up, which is a camping program and Mandatory Fund, which is a vacation program for combat vets who separate who deployed away from their children. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, yeah. as um, obviously, I mean, partnerships are super, super important, I would imagine, yeah. to all of those programs. But do you also do any level of fundraising that helps to, to assist with those programmatic offerings that you have? Um, you mean with other, other resources that we use? Um, no, I was wondering if you, if, if 22 Until None actually does any fundraising specifically to um, fund the programs like the, the Christmas yes. program and also um, the vacation uh, program you just mentioned. So the vacation program and Task Force Field Op, which is the camping program, that comes out of just the regular general account. Mm -hmm. um, Task Force Kringle, we start fundraising for that usually during summertime and it is continuing now and we'll stop that at the end of the month at the end of this month because that is when we choose uh the families mm -hmm. so um that's that only happens like for part of the year because usually by that time we we already have an idea of how how much help we would need right understood. so we try to only fundraise for like that amount sure um but we have groups that fundraise for us um, during the year because we still have to fund the emergency financial assistance program and mm -hmm. the wellness program. So it's very um, humbling for us that we have so many people that believe in our mission that have seen in the flesh the work that we do. And we also have the notes and the letters and the emails from the people thanking us for saving their lives or saving the life of their loved one. And that is why we do it right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty amazing. And with um, the chapter groups, I'm going to circle back, but with the actual chapter groups that you have, and you said you mm -hmm. have the in-person groups, um, yeah. how many how many of the chapter groups are in-person groups, or are they one in the same? They're one in the same. Okay, all right. Um, the chapter the chapter program is designed to be an in-person program. So the last um, the last group event that we had all of the chapters participating in mm -hmm. was our Operation Mercury Walk, which was held August 22nd. And we had 5K 
walks, walks slash rucks, I should say, because some people rucked it. And we had that in 40 locations in eight different countries on four continents. Wow. On the same day. On the same day. That's we pretty started, amazing. We started, we had partners that, um, that volunteer with a nonprofit called No Duff Charitable Trust in Australia that kicked it off. Um, we had uh, resource partners in Australia with Soldier On Australia that continued it into Australia, Yokosuka, Japan. We had a bunch of Navy personnel that participated, um, active duty army that was in Germany, a French veterans organization that did one. We had uh, two or three locations in the UK with our partners, um, PALS Battalion UK, and then in a whole bunch of different states here in the United States with the exact same purpose to bring awareness to veteran suicide and to get veterans together in person to do a joint activity, but also to show everybody that as an organization, you're not an island. And to be able to help the veteran and military communities most effectively, you have to be able to partner with other organizations because you can't handle everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And such an important piece of the nonprofit world. Um, I think, you know, honing in on what you can do and what you can do really, really well is yeah. is great. And making those relationships with other organizations that can do other things to enhance what you already do, you know, and, and give more of a, maybe a well-rounded picture and, and level of resources for the veterans out there, um, I think is a great, great model to uh, abide by. Absolutely. We actually have a really good um, social media partner that helps us with a lot of those things uh, called Disgruntled Vets. And they have a following of almost like 670,000 people on their page. And they funnel a lot of veterans to us Mm -hmm. that need help. Mm-hmm. Or they're, they'll, you know, partner with us on different um, activities. Like just this past weekend, they did a vet bod car wash in Colorado <laughs> to raise money for our task force Kringle program. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Lots of uh, um, good ideas out there, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It takes everybody to to make it work. Um, well. I know with your background in crisis intervention and that sort of thing, um, you certainly came to this organization with a lot of experience as, you know, a 911 dispatcher and also your work with your former nonprofit. But um, one of the things that we talked about briefly um, on our pre-call together was sometimes when a veteran is in crisis, there are underlying issues that um, are really have really prompted them to, to be pushed just a little bit closer to the edge. And yeah. drilling down to some of those details is so important. And can you share, you know, what your thoughts are in reference to that? Because I think sometimes it's not just that people want to give up, but there are other things that that have prompted that. Yes. And that was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I learned from my training with battle and distress, but it applies to the community at large is people just don't wake up one day 
deciding, okay, I think I'll kill myself. It doesn't work that way. It usually starts with uh, some sort of trauma. Um, that could be a number of different things. It, trauma is not only caused by combat. It could be caused by a lot of different things. Um, add to that maybe frustration with the VA. And now you're having frustration and relationships aren't working. Um, maybe you lose your job. Maybe you start drinking or unfortunately doing drugs. Um, maybe you have some other losses. And now, now, because you're not addressing any of those things in a healthy manner, now, okay, maybe something in your house breaks, like your coffee machine breaks. And, well, that's it. I'm, I'm going to take myself out. It was just that one small thing that pushed you over the edge. But it's not the reason behind all of it and all of those things behind pushing the veteran into that corner. Those are the things that we specialize in helping the veteran understand that there are resources for those other things. Okay, well, let's get you a VSO so we can get your claim straightened out. Mm -hmm. Here, where do you live? Let us get you the number of your local VSO. Okay, for relationships, we can't help you put that back together, but how about we get you some counseling to address some of the pain that that's caused or maybe some of the issues that contributed to the breakup? Okay, maybe you need help with your light bill and your water bill because you haven't been working and your unemployment hasn't come yet. Okay, we can help with that. So helping them give that breathing room. It's that space, that breathing space that helps them back up from the ledge and understand, okay, I can take a breath now. I have options. I have choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's really where the, the hard work comes in is, is getting it, getting that space to exist. Mm -hmm. Right. And does, does your organization have a, a 24 seven hotline or how does that operate for you guys? Uh, we do not have a 24 seven hotline because we don't have enough personnel to man something that way. Mm -hmm. So we usually suggest um, contacting uh, partners like Battle in Distress or Darker Side of Service. They have people on all the time. And we also refer veterans to an organization called Vets for Warriors. And the nice thing about Vets for Warriors is that they can pick up the phone and call or they can text somebody. And then, mm -hmm. of course, there is the Veterans Crisis Line as well. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Okay. All right. Well, your organization is a national organization, and um, you and your team do um, amazing things to help our veteran population. Um, we talked about the importance of the partnerships and other reputable organizations. Um, is there anything that's, you know, upcoming that's really exciting for you guys in 2022? Um, in 2022, we have our second annual Operation Mercury Walk. That is in June. And we already have a plan laid out for that. We we moved the month earlier in the year so that we can get more of the southern states involved because the heat is too much in, in August. So we want max participation. We want to invite all different 
military and veteran-focused nonprofits to participate. Even if you're not in an area where we have a chapter, we have it set up so that you can lead your own 5K where you are. It's okay. We call it a show of force against veteran suicide. Okay. And tell me what... Um, if someone is listening is in, and is interested in maybe organizing a 5K, um, what would they need to do, Crystal? Basically, just hit us up. You mm-hmm. can hit us up on the Facebook page, 22 Until None. You can hit us up on the Instagram, 22 Until None. You could email us from the website. Um, that is the best, fastest way to get a hold of us. You'll get a nearly instantaneous response. Um, if it, if you exist in an area that we have um, a chapter already, then we are going to organize that as a chapter activity. Mm-hmm. If you don't live in an area where we have a chapter, then we're probably going to add you to the map for Operation Mercury in June. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, well, as far as the the ruck and the five k and that sort of thing, I mean, what? How I, I guess the structure of it is what I'm interested in. Like, what what do you guys, you know, um, I guess what are your expectations from an individual that would potentially want to volunteer to organize something like that? Is there, you know, a structure for the beginning and, you know, at the end, do you all gather and and do something together or what does that look like? Um, So usually um, the, I should say the, the basic outline of, of the event is uh, the person who is contacting us that wants to lead one, they have to be the leader which Mm -hmm. means you are the point of contact for the area. You have to commit to that date of doing the event. You have to make your route and it has to be something that is on public ground. So sidewalks, trails, uh, you know, a beach, anything like that, that is free. We are big on the free and this is not a fundraiser. We want Anybody to be able to just show up and participate without having to worry about having to pay a registration fee or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we do ask that at right before you step off to basically say a few words about why are we here? What is the purpose of coming together for Operation Mercury? It is because we have this scourge on the veteran and military communities of suicide and as as an air force veteran that belongs in the keepers group once said a few uh, it was probably about two months ago she said do you know how important these five k's are that the person you end up walking to could tell you that they came close to ending it all But after talking to you and participating in this event made them feel so much better that they commit to next year. Have you ever bought another year of somebody's life by walking three miles? Hmm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Well, as far as participants are concerned, Crystal, can anyone participate? I mean, can it be, you know, the, the... 
uh, local community, um, you know, family members of of folks that maybe have completed suicide? I mean, what is what's the demographic? Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For our 5Ks are open to anybody in the community that would like to participate. Mm-hmm. They are family friendly. They are service dog friendly as long as they're kept on a leash. Mm-hmm. And we want we want those families to participate because a lot of times those families, um, the families of, of those who have um, that we've lost to the 22 and also Gold Star families, they feel separated from the military community like they don't matter anymore after their loved one has passed. And we don't want them to feel that way. Their role in this fight is very important. And so we want them to show up if they want to wear a shirt with their loved one's face on it, we encourage it. That people understand that this isn't some abstract notion of these, of some person over here that it happened to that you don't know. And this could have happened over here. These were real people that were in pain that could not see their way out of it. And unfortunately took a very drastic step. Mm-hmm. That forever changed the trajectory of everybody who knew them. Right. And we want to, that is how we prevent it by including the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. And thank you for that explanation. I think that's very helpful. And, and I'll certainly encourage folks to um, go to your website and, and list all of those contact, uh, all the contact information to to reach out to 22 until none. But um, I wanted to ask a question that I meant to about two questions ago, actually, but um, just wanted to circle back about your volunteers and the folks that are actually, you know, responding to someone in crisis and helping them through. Um, is Do you guys um, go through any training or any sort of uh, crisis intervention that that helps or this is, you know, um, strictly peer-to-peer? And and I know you, you mentioned a story of like, if someone calls or someone contacts you and you have someone that's a volunteer on your staff that um, may be of the same... Um, uh, military occupation or what have you, you compare them and and they can speak the same language and that seems to help tremendously. So is there, but is there additional or any sort of training that you guys do? So when we have somebody who is in, it, there, there are different levels of crisis, obviously. Mm-hmm, if we sure. have something that is so, so hot, then we are going to, be in contact with our law enforcement liaisons for the organization of which we have two. Uh, one is a civilian police officer and the other one is a Marine veteran who is also a police officer. And we're going to get them involved to help us mm-hmm. because we're not equipped um, safety wise to just send a stranger to a veteran's house. That is not, um, that's not good practice for anyone. Um, but we get them involved um, if we if we need law enforcement. Um, but pretty much the majority on on the board and the page staff, we all have um, crisis intervention training in in some means or another. Um, the chapter staff, 
wouldn't be in contact in that context, um, not through us anyway. So what we try to do is get the situation stabilized and then ask, okay, which one of our volunteers lives in this area? Can we set this person up with a buddy visit? And we just had one the other day. We had uh, one of our chapter leaders go visit somebody that had made an attempt. Mm. Well, I just, you know, it, it's such a crisis in our country right now. And uh, I think the continual you know, awareness and, and organizations out there, peer to peer support groups, whatever the case may be. Certainly, there's not a, a one size fits all in this sort of situation, but I guess yes. the overarching message is reach out, you know? Yes. Yeah. Reach out. And the other half of that message is contact your friends that you haven't heard from in a while, mm-hmm. the quiet ones. The ones that you might think have it together or the ones that just aren't saying much. A lot of times um, we hear that after somebody has done that is why didn't they reach out? I had no idea they were going through these things because a lot of times people are so depressed that even just making a phone call is just physically too much for them. Right. Right. And, you know, depression is very serious and it, um, it looks different for everybody. It looks different and feels different for each individual. And uh, again, you know, um, one size does not fit all <laughs> in that regard. And um, yeah, so reach out. And, you know, I, I think what you said about, you know, when, um, someone says, well, hey, I, I didn't even know they were struggling or I wish they had called me or what have you. I think there's oftentimes a lot of survivor guilt that happens um, after yes. someone um, completes suicide. And then, um, unfortunately, I think also it, it kind of does a tr- uh, like a trickle effect, if you will, in some instances. But um, I think, you know, we have to keep keep talking about it and keep fighting and and keep letting people know that there are organizations and people out there that really care. And, um, you know, um, leaving folks behind is, is, you know, very, very difficult in that scenario. Yes. And you're right. I mean, it's something that, um, that we hear a lot, um, that it was their best friend or their brother or sister or mom or dad and and it forever affects them and if there's anybody listening right now that is even feeling halfway like you don't matter I want to just say that there is not one person like you in the world you are absolutely irreplaceable and there is nothing in this universe that can fill the space that you would leave and you are cherished and there is help out there and there is not anything going on in your life that cannot be helped by the massive amount of resources that are available to you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Crystal. It's a wonderful message. And I think also just understanding that sometimes when people are in crisis, it, it does take time to get out of that. Um, there isn't a magic, you know, um, 
a magic answer or or a switch that can be turned and on and off quickly. You know, that um, is true. It it absolutely takes time and and the steps and. We hope that if folks are listening out there, they're they're willing to take the step of saying, "Hey, I need some help." So we hope so too, and that is that is true. It it took it took a minute for you to get to the space where you are feeling so bad, and it's going to take a minute for you to get back out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and managing expectations is is part of the path to healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Crystal, thank you very, very much for your time today on Behind the Warrior. And I think the message that you shared to folks out there is is very, very wise and um, appreciated for those who are listening. And um, I will list, as I said, I'll list the website and um, all of the contact information for 22 Until None on the actual podcast when it, when it airs. And um, I always like to leave kind of on a, on a lighter note. I mean, some of this is our, our topic today was pretty heavy, but you know, it's, it's information sharing. And that's what's important about this podcast is that we share resources and, and speak to people who, um, care and are passionate about what they are doing. So with all of that, I would love to have a little bit of fun with you and ask about some of your favorite things. Okay. <laughs> all right. So do you have a fake, uh, a favorite vacation spot? Oh, yeah, Italy. Hands down. Italy, okay. <laughs> All right, so tell me what your favorite dish is in Italy. Oh, gosh. Um, it could be lasagnette alla pesto, um, but also freshly made bufala mozzarella. is mm. Nothing can replace it. It is delicious. Okay, and so what's the best place, what's the best region in Italy to actually get the mozzarella? Um, that would be Campania, which mm-hmm. is where my family is from, mm-hmm. and uh, it is the only region in Italy that is um, certified to make um, mozzarella out of the buffalo milk. Neat. That's so cool. So cool. Um, my husband and I watched a series this, like, I think it was actually over the pandemic with... Um, Oh, geez. Now his first name escapes me, but the last name is Tucci. And he. Oh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah, Stanley. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. we thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, just really, really enjoyed that series. So, um, yeah, uh, very cool. And I love Italy too. My husband and I do too. Um, how about a favorite season of the year? Um, well, back home in Southern California, it would be summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, out here in the desert where I live now in Arizona, uh, it would be spring or fall. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. And do you have a favorite book? Oh, gosh. I read a lot, so this is like impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one of my favorite books that I've read probably at least 25 times um, would be, and I don't want to live this life. And it was written by a woman named Nancy Spungen or Deborah Spungen, who is the mother of Nancy of Sid and Nancy. Hmm. They wow. were, uh, 
was a very uh, popular punk couple in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's called, And I Don't Want to Live This Life? Yes. And the entire book is, um, it's basically a story of Nancy's, the daughter's um, mental health, mm. the entire book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very and, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about, um, are you a morning or an evening person? Mm. Well, now that I have a small child, I guess I'm a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> Not by, it's, you really don't have a choice, right, Crystal? <laughs> yeah, I really don't. <laughs> Four-year-olds wake up early. <laughs> That's right. They sure do. They sure do. And um, my final uh, question would be, do you have a favorite quote that you would like to share? Oh, <clears throat> Yes. Hold on just a second. Because okay. I want to I wanna be able to say this correctly. Okay. I'm Googling it really quick for the exact words. Oh, that's fine. Okay. <clears throat> it's by Marcus Aurelius, which is, we are big on the Stoics. We love the Stoics. Um and Marcus Aurelius is our favorite. Um, and this is from his book, Meditations, which took him 10 years to write all of these volumes. And the quote is, don't be ashamed to need help. Like a soldier storming a wall, you have a mission to accomplish. And if you've been wounded and you need a comrade to pull you up, so what? Hmm. I like it. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you so very much for your time today. And, um, I can't wait for our listeners to learn more about 22 until none and the mission that you and your, your team are doing and, uh, the important work and all of the connections that you're trying to make around the nation and around the world through just, um, reaching out and having other resources available to help veterans that are struggling. So thank you very, very much, Crystal. And it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And if I may just insert a little nugget here. Absolutely. We do have a mobile app. It is free on Apple and Google Play. It's called 22 Until None. And you can find all of our resources on there. Wonderful. And it's divided by type. Wonderful. Um, That is great. I'm glad you actually brought that forward because the other thing that I wanted to say is when folks go to your website to check you out, um, the resources page um, is like incredible. So thank you you for, you know, putting that information out there and having it available. But um, I would encourage folks, if you're looking for something, that's, that's another great resource. And, uh, um, very extensive list. So thank you for saying that about the mobile app. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, listen, you have a wonderful evening and uh, thank you again, Crystal. I look forward to being in touch. Awesome. Thank you, Sherry. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. 
Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.